Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big 12 appears to be done with the Pac-12 for now in terms of conference realignment. And also, the first poll of the year, the 2023 Coaches Poll, is out. All that and more coming up on today's Neighborhood Watch. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. We are here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. And guys, let me tell you something. There is no better place, five-plus days a week, for the most serious Big 12 content than the Crystal Ball College Football and 365 Sports page. Whether it's been pre-realignment or post-realignment, the group of people here and here to other places as well as where we've been covering it are uh, about as good as you'll find covering the Big 12. And I hope to include myself in that group, but especially Craig and David Smoke, Paul Catalina, the amount of people they have on covering all the college sports and Garrett Ross as well. Myself, I love to cover the Big 12. So uh, this is there's no better place to find Big 12 content. We're on the way to 12K subs which was the goal by the start of football season, less than 300 away. So if you have not, not subbed yet, please do so. Send your questions for Friday's live chat. Find us on Twitter at NWPod365. Find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Also find the show wherever you get your podcast. All right, there's all the admins. Somebody complained yesterday about me taking too long. So there you go, uh, about 80 seconds of that. Uh, I have to go quickly here too because I am going to the announcement for the Little Rock Touchdown Club uh speakers that david basil does who i work with which is always huge that's where edwards ron made those comments about you know how much money give me get me out the door as fast as you can uh so i have to go to that so today's show will be a little bit on the quicker side hopefully still the full 20 minutes is the big 12 done with the pac 12 brett mcmurphy 18 hours ago this comes from yesterday it's tuesday august 8th when i'm recording so this tweet comes from the 7th of august the big 12 has no appetite to add any of the Pac-4 schools remaining, or San Diego State, sources told Action Network HQ, quote, we have no interest in doing anything, source says, we're done. So I am wondering if that quote is in relation to the Big 12 in total, or the Big 12 uh, specifically as it relates to Pac-12. Because I mentioned basketball yesterday, and I want to re-mention that today, because I think football and basketball are tied. We'll get to that in a second. But when I think about the brands out West and I think about the big 12 conference, the big 12's goal has been to get to California, right? We know that Brett Yormark has mentioned the four time zones, uh, the, the television slots, because really the time zones means television slots. That's where he wants to be, but he also wants to be a national conference. We know Brett Yormark, the big 12 commissioner has a desire to be that coast to coast league, right? So the big 12, 
you know, what are the options out here for being the coast to coast league? Well, it's Washington state, it's Oregon state, it's San Diego state, it's Fresno state. Uh, it's Gonzaga and hoops. We'll, we'll put a pin in them. It is also, uh, cause they've got the East coast cover at this point too. So we don't have to worry about that other places they could go. Uh, it is Stanford. It is Cal. So those are the big considerations that you're making. Now, what do those schools add? Well, specifically Stanford and Cal add two brands that have been good in the past, but not really recently have been great. And when Stanford was really good, David Shaw was their coach. It was time for them to move on from that partnership and then kind of run its course. There's some questions about how they're getting those kids qualified out there. I'm not saying that they're doing anything nefarious, but like it's harder to get kids qualified at Stanford and Cal. What do they want to do NIL wise? They, they really, you know, the one thing that we heard throughout all of this process, guys, we heard about Oregon state and Washington state probably being sourced in a lot of this. I think Stanford and Cal were talking too, but they were pretty quiet on the public front when realignment was happening. It just didn't seem like there was a whole lot of juice coming from those two schools in particular. And I have some thoughts about that. I think there is once again, a question about what their commitment to athletics looks like. I think there is some thought about whatever happens will be fine. I know Cal is meeting this morning about their future. And I know people are talking about them adding schools and whatnot, but I don't know. Cal and Stanford, like, I think there is a world in which they go independent um, and, you know, they play each other and they, they kind of do the, um, the Notre Dame route. Right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'd be curious to see if a CBS sports will pay for a UConn, then I would not be surprised if Cal and Stanford could get the same kind of treatment. Also to think about with that, like Notre Dame, uh, UConn's, you know, in that kind of New York area. Same thing for those those two schools. And this is a question about what they add to the Big 12. They are in uh, a large market. Why does that matter, right? You know, uh, and this is the same thing for SMU. Like, why does it really matter, right? They added the Pac-12. Well, the thing about Rutgers, and Bud Elliott makes this point, I, I had not thought of this earlier on. Um, you know, just because people don't watch you in those markets, like, it's good, though, because you're on TV, Right. It's just like you being there, Rutgers being in New Jersey puts the Big Ten on more cable boxes because, oh, that's a local school, right? Maryland, same thing. You know, you get the Big Ten network there. Then Big Ten games are, you know, are going to be on there. It's part of the cable package. It ups your cable bill, right? You are now including the Big Ten network into a cable bill, and that's going to raise the price of the cable bill. And that's why a cable company likes it. That's why the television companies would fight for it as well. It all makes sense. And so for the Big 12, you have to think, you know, is it is it worth it to be on those television sets in California? You know, I would say uh, there are Big 12 alums everywhere, but I think it's more likely that there are Big 10 alums in New York City and D.C. than there are a lot of Big 12 alums in the Bay Area. And I know the Bay Area, you know, the Big 12 now spans across, but you just see what I'm saying? Like New York is massive. It is a massive city. So is San Fran, but New York's a massive city. And those are big schools with huge fan bases. So it makes a lot of sense that those schools would, you know, uh, the big 10 schools would want to be on. They're really not there for Rutgers. They're really there for like Michigan, Penn state, Ohio state, Michigan state. Like they're kind of in New York for those schools, to be honest, more so than they are for the Rutgers market, Maryland. I think there's a better case that, you know, Maryland's because Maryland's actually got a pretty big fan base and they're a pretty passionate fan base. I've worked with a lot of Maryland people. Um, but 
I think also it's the inclusion of DC is a pretty affluent area and big 10 alums are pretty affluent people. And there's a good number of them in Northern Virginia and all those places. They care about the big 10 in Maryland actually like, it does feel in some ways, guys, like a little bit like Big Ten country. Like I know it's ACC country, but like they they do care about Maryland athletics. There is a big investment there. And I know they're far from the glory days of basketball, but they're trying to get the football on the rise. But that's a pretty good fan base. So it's kind of a two for one in that situation. Like it's not as good of a market as New York, obviously, but I think the fan base plus uh, how good of a market it is. Uh, kind of makes it a worthwhile investment. The number of TVs you're going to start reaching and whatnot. And also as things change too, you know, you got to think about the, the, the changing landscape, but still a lot of this is being, just being fought out in cable. So you have to think like, would it be worth it to add on to those schools? And I think the answer the big 12 is running into right now is no, it is not worth it for them to go and add those schools. They can offer late night time slots, but guys look like the competition in terms of offering late night games has significantly gone down. The Big 12 is now more worthwhile to ESPN because ESPN, once the Big 10 deal kicks in with Fox, you know, um, they're not going to have those schools anymore, right? So Fox, yeah, I mean, they're going to have some late night games. They've got four schools out there now. It's not going to be a large, uh, a ton amount, but they're going to have some games out there. ESPN, the worldwide leader, say what you want about their issues, but late night games, they don't have that. And I know there's a lot of stuff about direct to consumer and we'll see where that goes, but ESPN's late night games right now. I mean, what college football property West of the Rockies, the big does, does ESPN, have, I have to look, I'm not sure if they're involved in the mountain West. See folks in the comment section can correct me on this, but it comes to power five football. ESPN is not in the West coast business or later time slot business right now. And that's what the big 12 gives them past the primetime game. We're talking about 10, you know, 11, those, those Pac-12 after dark games that are just on actually do a decent number because fiends like us want to watch the sport all day long. The Big 12 does satisfy some of that right now because they've got BYU, they've got Utah, they've got Colorado, they've got Arizona, they've got Arizona State. It's honestly still weird to say all that. Still feels weird to me to say all of those schools, the Big 12 has now hooked in and, and added into their footprint. But all of those schools can pull off a nine o'clock, uh, you know, nine o'clock Eastern kickoff time or a 10 o'clock Eastern kickoff time, right? A lot of them be 8 p.m. for them. So you're okay with that. You're cool with that. You are playing in the late night zone and you are, you can supply that to a company like ESPN. Would it be great to get all the way to the coast? Yeah, sure. But look, you're kind of supplying what you need to. And I think once again, the television companies are driving a lot of this. So I think you feel pretty confident in your situation, in your status, when it's those late night games and also you that, that competition on the West coast, it's kind of gone now. And we'll see what happens. Maybe the, maybe ESPN adds Stanford as its own standalone thing out there. And I actually think, you know, ESPN at that point, if you add Stanford, there is some incentive maybe to be like, Hey, big 12 will, will some of your schools play Stanford out of conference, you know, kind of the way that Notre Dame does, right. You know, Hey, uh, this this might be nice if you you know we we get the keep everything in the ESPN family here Cal you know the same type of deal they don't have to be part of the league also I think if we're talking about like idea wise politically kind of just vision wise Stanford and Cal do not fit Oregon State and Washington State do fit I do think Oregon State and Washington State 
deserves some consideration, but man, it, it it's just it's just not big enough markets and they really don't contribute enough. You know, they're not getting a lot more visibility. I don't, I don't know if they build the, they build the depth for sure of the league. They're two strong schools. Oregon state held top 25 team this year in the preseason coaches poll. And I think they will be in the AP top 25 and they deserve to be a top 25 school considering what they bring back when they bring in who their coaches, all of those things. I think they deserve that. But what do they offer you? And it does not feel like it is a whole lot. And so that's what gets me to something I broke down yesterday. I want to you know, rehash it here once again today. The idea that the Big 12, if they want to go in any direction, they should be looking in the football direct, or basketball direction rather. Because I do think that if the conferences take over the college football playoff, which once again, folks, we always forget this, the CFP is separate from the NCAA if the conferences inevitably take over the CFP and run it themselves, I think there's a good chance they try to do the same with basketball because basketball, while it's really well run by the NCAA, the conferences can keep more of the money, I believe. You know, that's, they have more autonomy with it if they take that in house. And there might be some differentiation in le- like, you know, the Big East, right? There are schools in the Big East that mean, you know, make a lot of sense for basketball or, you know, like Gonzaga out West, um, obviously, you know, in the big East, Xavier, Marquette, uh, St. John's, DePaul, uh, Yukon, Georgetown. I mean, these, these are, you know, traditional strong brand Providence, right? These are traditional strong brands uh, even Butler in there too. I'm just going through the entire conference at this point, but you all get the point. Like these are traditionally strong brands that for and basketball's sake um, that like you can't, ima- I mean, they're not going to disclude, you know, not exclude Marquette and Georgetown and UConn from those places. So, you know, there might be some differentiation in conferences when it comes to football and basketball. But that being said, like I think the big 12's best route to remaining, you know, relevant in all of this. And we're talking about, taking all the revenues uh, generating sports and putting those things in house. If we're really discussing that as kind of the plan here, then doesn't it make sense for the big 12 to solidify yourself almost so strongly as a basketball conference? Now, once again, I, I you know this is something that I, the cover three brought up and I, I don't know if that's the case because football runs the runs the, the entire show. So it might be a hopeful attitude to have, but I do not think it's impossible. I do think that basketball does protect them a little bit because you see what a money-making enterprise the NCAA tournament is. And if you're the conferences, you're like, why don't we just take this in ourselves? Why don't we run this event ourselves? And why don't we reap all the benefits ourselves? Also, if we go to 96, more of our schools will get in. We'll take more of the money from that and we'll be in a really good spot. So I think the basketball-related expansion is kind of the idea, and none of those Pac-12 schools fit the bill for that. It's Gonzaga, it's UConn. It, you know, it, it's uh, if you want to go in other directions too, you could, but that's really where you go with that. So I think basketball being the driver is, you know, in some ways for the next decisions, making basketball-only members out of UConn and Gonzaga. I'm not sure the business dynamics of it all. But if we're fearful of a world in which football, um, if we're fearful of a world in which, uh, you know, football and basketball go to the same, run by the same entity, the conferences, whatever they want to call it, you know, 
major league college sports, whatever you all think it's going to be called. Uh, maybe having great basketball could help, or maybe we're just headed for more realignment with all the TV contracts run up. And if TCU keeps doing really well, then TCU gets added in because they're in Dallas, Fort Worth, or, you know, whatever you all think, like more schools get left behind because that's always a possibility. Maybe that's where we're heading. We're all just doomed. And it's a terrible way to think about it. And I'm not excited about that. And I really hope that's not how this thing goes, but it's definitely a possibility at this point in time. It's definitely something that we have to entertain at this point in time. Uh, all right. So let's get to the coaches poll, which came out yesterday. We'll check out where the big 12 teams are sitting in the 2023 college football coaches poll that was released. Once again, this means nothing, but it's a coaches poll. So let's have some fun. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, one through five, USC, Penn State, FSU, Clemson, Tennessee, six through 10, Washington, Texas, Notre Dame, Utah, and Oregon is your 11 through 15. So Texas is the first Big 12 school that shows up at number 12. Excuse me. TCU, K-State, Oregon State, Oklahoma, North Carolina. TCU, K-State, Oklahoma, North and uh, Oklahoma, there's 17 or 16, 17 and 19. And then Wisconsin, Ole Miss, Tulane, Texas Tech, Texas A&M. Tech comes in at number 24. Also receiving votes. Uh, the next Big 12 school we find, let's see, Iowa, South Carolina, Florida, UTSA, Pitt, UCLA, Kentucky, Baylor gets 28 votes. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on a nice rebound year for Baylor. Oklahoma State gets 12 votes as well. Uh, Houston with three. BYU with two. And I did not, oh, Kansas with one. Did not see Central Florida in here. It's funny because a lot of folks think that of the expansion teams, Central Florida is the one. But once again, this is done by the coaches who kind of pawn this thing off normally to their assistants. But look, it's funny because, you know, schools go through resets and uh, Big 12 schools get bumped from the top 15, you know, like uh, Kansas State and um, TCU. I'd put them right up there with Notre Dame and Utah and Texas and Washington, you know, in terms of like accomplishments, what they return and what they, their chances of doing just as well this year. I'd put them more towards the top 10. I think they belong right there with the Utah than they do, you know, uh, like, you know, that's just a few spots I know, but like I would take them over Notre Dame. Uh, I would take them over, you know, uh, over uh, Utah. We'll see with Oregon. Um, but so I think it's interesting because the Big 12 schools, you know, a lot of this goes down to like the talent acquisition and the Big 12 schools kind of get, uh, those schools kind of get pushed backwards in a bit of a way. So you see that there with those schools. But it's our first poll of the year, folks, which is very, very exciting. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Please, please, please subscribe to Crystal Ball College Football. Like the videos. Leave your comments as well, folks.